Good morning again, and Happy New Year. Here's to a fresh start for everyone in 2021. Now this morning's Gospel reading that you just heard is directed at the Epiphany, this Wednesday, January 6th. That's the day the Magi arrive at the manger, so we're told, thus ending the 12 days of Christmas. Now years of homemade Christmas pageants and Christmas cartoons may have flattened the story for a bit for all of us. So today's close reading of the Magi may help us flesh it out a bit. Now we're used to see three bearded journeyers depicted generally riding on camels. Now in truth, there would probably have been a bigger group of seers, though surrounded by workers and the crew needed to make such a perilous journey into a foreign land. This was not a lightly thought out venture taken by three loners, but an ambitious enterprise of several dozen, if not more. The Magi must have been utterly convinced about what they saw in that night sky, whether it was a comet or some say a conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter like we had a couple of weeks ago, or possibly a meteor. Whatever it was, it meant something to them, enough to get them to make that journey. The 20th century poet T.S. Eliot wrote a poem that does a great job of fleshing out the Magi in several remarkable ways, told from the memory of one of the returned Magi many years after the journey. And the mood is reflective, somber, even sentimental. It's clear the visit to the infant Jesus changed him irrevocably. It opens with this. A cold coming we had of it, just the worst time of the year, for a journey, and, and such a long journey. The ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter. The months-long journey clearly tested the Magi and their convictions. Speaker talks about the stubborn camels resisting the long trek, the restless camel men who were cursing and escaping during the nights to drink and womanize. He spoke of the dangers of going into strange countries. And as you might expect, the Magi questioned their purpose. Later in the poem, a hard time we had of it. At the end, we preferred to travel all night, sleeping in snatches, with the voices singing in our ears, saying, this was all folly. Those voices, this was all folly. Now the tone changes when they descend into the temperate valley but they don't get the information they need, and they journey on. And in the gospel, we're told they make their first visit to Jerusalem, not Bethlehem, and there they meet with King Herod. He's a deeply narcissistic leader who's prone to paranoia, quick to fire a staff member or even one of his family if they don't recognize his so-called greatness. He operates out of fear and chaos and Upon hearing the news from the Magi that he hadn't been selected as king of the Jews, would have reacted with fear and anger. And Jerusalem, fearful along with them. I mean, who knows how he'll react when this fear turns inevitably into fury. I picture him pacing the halls of the palace, enraged and powerless. This was supposed to be his moment, his vindication. How could someone else be the king of the Jews? In those days, there were no diversions, nothing to keep his mind off his rage. 
The game of golf wouldn't be invented for another thousand years or so. Just saying. The Magi have their insight. They receive the epiphany. The dictionary defines epiphany as the revealing of Jesus as the Christ to the Gentiles in the person of the Magi. And we'll get there. But now the Magi need understanding to go with their insight. And the chief priests and scribes cite the prophet Micah to give them this understanding. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. See, the priests and the scribes had the scripture. They had the truth. But they didn't see the Messiah. It took the epiphany of the Magi to make them see. It makes me wonder, do we ever hold the truth in our hands, yet still not see God? And as a priest, this blindness of these priests gives me special pause. If this story is about nothing else, it is about the relentlessness of God. God is always appearing. God is waiting for us to see. I need to challenge myself. Where do I see God today, right now? The Magi set out for Bethlehem and were told that when they saw the star that they had been following stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And I love this injection of emotion into their story here. See, they haven't yet seen the baby Jesus, but seeing they were about to fulfill the purpose of their mission, they were overjoyed. It doesn't mean the struggle is over, but there is literally a light at the other end. I think about as we enter 2021 and a fresh start and the promise of a vaccine, we're reminded to be overjoyed at the prospect of the end, even as we slog through many more weeks of challenge. The Magi arrive at the manger and see the Mary and the infant. There are no shepherds or livestock, although I doubt livestock would have merited a mention, but even Joseph is absent in this telling. Think about it. It's an image of ultimate humility. A teenage Mary and a barely born Jesus that meet the journeying wise men. And I love what they do next. They kneel and pay homage. See, the gifts always get all the spotlight, especially as that story converges with our society's Christmas narrative of giving gifts. But kneeling and paying homage are critical. They are two selfless acts by the wealthy, wise travelers made to a humble, helpless baby and his young mother. It's a moment of great tenderness that predicts a legacy of great power. And we're familiar by now with the sometimes strange-sounding gifts they offer the infant. Gold to confirm his, great, his reign of great glory. Frankincense affirming his role as our great high priest. And myrrh foretelling of his death and burial. The gifts seem to confirm these Magi's ability to see into the future. The Magi stay open to the epiphany. They stay open to the insight, even following their glorious encounter with the newborn king. Told in a dream to avoid Herod, they return home by a different route. And this is a wise choice. As Herod's fear has now, we're told, turned into fury. And we look toward the slaughter of the innocents later in this chapter as Herod spins out of control. 
The Magi wouldn't have made it home if they had encountered the raging ruler. What's striking about this story and throughout Scripture is, as I mentioned earlier, the relentlessness of God's appearing. God's always appearing, just not sometimes, often, in the places we'd expect. God's appearing in the form of a helpless infant in a nothing burger of a town, Bethlehem. Even Jerusalem, which then as now had an outsized sense of self-importance, was a minor player in ancient Middle East politics. Herod had to call himself great because for sure nobody else was going to give him that title. God's appearing to the Persian Magi, to Gentiles, no less, and not to the temple's leaders and scribes. You see, isn't that where God should be appearing? In this telling of the Magi story, we're reminded to look for God appearing everywhere. We need to look for God appearing in the unusual or unexpected places, especially now as we continue to be cut off from the usual places we've grown accustomed to encountering God. Where do we find God appearing when we don't have, find God here together this Sunday morning in the church or in the company of the St. Peter's family or in the music or in the sharing of the Eucharist? I can tell some aspect of my performance anxiety as a priest has taken over when it invades my subconscious and becomes part of my dreams. And for most of my time with you, my dream disasters centered on spilling the Eucharist or losing my place in the liturgy. But the past few nights, I've dreamt of technology meltdowns, like what's a Facebook Live or why won't my YouTube service come up? It reminds me I'm standing up here again preaching to an empty nave, and it looks like I'm going to be doing so for a while still. It's a reminder that while we are blessed to be able to come together virtually this second Sunday in Christmas, the exchange of energy that we get from you when we're celebrating and preaching to a full church, it's missing. I'm reminded that that was one of the ways that I could count on God always appearing for me when we could meet. But the star has stopped moving, and we shouldn't be sad, but instead be overwhelmed with joy because we will sometime be able to fully, freely meet again and sing together and hug each other. And until then, maybe we practice looking for God's appearance in the unexpected, the surprising, and sometimes even the scandalous places. Remember, God is relentless. In the close of the poem, Eliot has the Magi memoirist turn reflective, even more sentimental. Unlike other visions, other journeys after the Epiphany, after the revealing of Jesus as the Christ to him, the other Magi, it's clear that his life has never again matched that pinnacle. And really, how could it? He muses, Were we led all that way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but I thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation, with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. You see, once touched by a vision of God, 
of this Jesus, the rest of his life regressed from technicolor into black and white. And he longs for another death when he, when he might be able to see it all again. We're forever changed when we experience Jesus the Christ. This morning we're reminded that, unlike the Magi of long ago, we're able to see the color, the beauty that is all of God's creation every moment of our lives. We can and do experience God appearing around us all the time, especially in those surprising places we least suspect, even places like Facebook and YouTube. So let's move into 2021 joyfully looking for God's relentless breaking in, for the star has stopped moving, and we prepare to bow and pay homage. Thanks be to God. Amen.